Scano Sego and Bojo Kwekwe Tansy and good morning and welcome to Element FM and Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. We have our guest with us in the studio, and he is uh, Clyde Wagner, and he is the president and CEO of TO Live. And what that is, is the Sony Center, the St. Lawrence Center, and the Toronto Center for the Arts. All three, and I, I think uh, actually, uh, Clyde, you were actually saying it's it's not it's not just three. Uh, no, it's it's actually seven theaters and yeah. an art gallery. Wow! And it's in two cultural hubs in the city of Toronto: one at Young and Front, and one at Young and Shepherd. So we really uh, have an opportunity to bring art to the whole city, which is really important for us. Well, congratulations and welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's totally my pleasure to be here. Thank you. So. Um, now, with that many theaters and live performance areas, I, I would imagine part of the idea of bringing that together is so, so that you can coordinate better. It Absolutely. So about four years ago, the city of Toronto had a study written um, and it, it, ga- it came back to say that if they amalgamated these three buildings, these the operations of all of these spaces into one organization, they would not only have efficiencies because of the scale, but also mm-hmm. be able to... Uh, expand the operations and make sure that they were all being used to their full effect. And that really started under the the Ford government, which was they were asking some very important and very good questions mm. because the buildings were really being underutilized. Mm. The subsidy was growing. Right. And and the Fords were really saying, like, this is taxpayer money. Mm. What's our return? Mm. How are we seeing something come back to the city for the money that we're putting into it? And that's a very, very good question to ask. Now, what do they mean by that, coming back to the city? Yeah. So we always talk about two different kinds of return on investment Mm -hmm. for us. There is money, the the economics, like we all talk about. (laughs) But there's also a social return because Mm. we're not for profit. And really, a lot of it has to do in the second half of that. Like Mm. a lot of it has to do with social return. And they want it, it, not just the government, but also the city. These are assets that they own. So a lot of what we've started to talk about when I go out and I talk to community groups and I talk to the people who use our building they're always they're like, what are you going to do in the building? And mm. we certainly have plans. We've mm-hmm. started a program across all of the venues, and we're going to bring some very exciting program uptown into the art gallery as well. But my other answer is always say, what do you want to do in the building? What does the community want from the building? Mm. From the building, because ultimately they're owned by the people. Right. And we're really trying to also instill this sense of an emotional connection to it. So I've lived more than half my life in New York. And so when there was a time in New York when a developer and the city were going to tear down Radio City. Oh, wow. Now you can imagine (laughs) the hue and cry from the public. Probably people who had never been in that building were marching in front of Radio City. How can you tear this building down? Which is essentially just a big theater, right? right? Um, We want to have that same feeling Mm. about this building. And also Radio City is privately owned. Mm. Like this is a city-owned asset. And several of them, well, actually all three buildings are historically relevant. Mm. Uptown at the Toronto Center for the Arts, Ed Seidler designed and built that building. He also designed Ontario Place Mm. and the Science Center. So really an important architect in the building Mm. of the city. And downtown, the Sony Center started as the O'Keeffe Center. And a lot of people's first experience in a theater was from going to that building. Mm. And so I we want to try to get that emotional attachment back into it. Let people really know it is yours and it's yours to experience mm. too. So it's really important. 
I guess the other side of what you were just saying there in, in terms of, of what's your return, yeah. whether, you, whether your theater is, is live or dark, there's still costs to be paid. And uh, to- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a moment of truth. Uh, yes, there's absolutely costs to be paid. And that's really what they were looking at. They're like, wait a second, you're operating on average at 40% mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever right, right. it was six years ago. And, and the subsidy keeps going up. So w- if nobody's using it, if a tree falls in the woods, you know, yeah, if nobody's yeah, using it, sure. nobody's giving it, what's the, what's the difference? Yeah. I'm very happy to say that that's changed dramatically. Right. Like we have usage that's dramatically up from 40%. Right now, particularly in the larger halls, Sony Center, the Bluma Pell Theater and Spaces Up, the Studio mm-hmm. Theater, the Greenwind, and parts of the George Western Recital Hall, we're way over that number now. You, It's hard to get a date now in some of these spaces, which nice. is really wonderful. Sure. And that's not just about the economics and being able to yeah. generate the cash, because... Yep. You know, the fact is, if there's no show, people don't buy a ticket, so <laughs> it's pretty simple. Um, but also, it's about the fact that we have all of these different voices and we can bring the art and people can actually come into the building and see something that's meaningful and fun. And that's not just high art. I mean, that's everything from, you know, Mariah Carey played Mm. on Tuesday night. We love that, you know. Mm. And we also have... Uh, Crystal Pite was just there with her work through Canadian Stage at the Blue Mapel Theatre, Reviser. It got rave reviews. So it's a whole different scope of something. And we're really about a space for everybody being the city's theatres. You know, that's really important to us. Yeah, of course. So how would you say things have changed aside from, uh, from uh, you know, the, the, the side of, of setting this up over the last six years? And you're saying that 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 uh, they're fully they're they're booked more in terms of uh, of, of shows coming in. How's the audience reacting? I think the audience is. I, I'm, listen, we're selling tickets, so that's <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen. If people are buying the tickets, I'm happy. Um, they're also reacting. I think we. I like pe- when we have multiple different kinds of reaction. You have to remember, we do 700 shows a year or more. Mm. So we have reactions from, you know, why did you bring that person? Why, mm. You know, we have some controversial voices that come. Sure. We have some some work that people, some people hate, some people love. Yeah. But the fact that there's a dialogue in the yeah. community, I think is really, really important. Yeah. The other thing for us is that as, as, as the Toronto City Theatres, we also represent all different voices in the city of Toronto. So... Um, it's a one place. I actually talk about like how, how in other spaces, in other organizations, what's important for them is in their purpose, in their cores, that they're representing one voice or one culture or one space. Mm. But here under our bigger tent, we actually have all these people playing together. So for instance, we have the Harold Green Jewish Theater that is a beautiful program that they do up at the Greenwind Theater in the Toronto Center for the Arts. We also have the Festival of Arabic Arts that comes in. We'll do a show with a great Mexican pop star. We'll have a wonderful Korean choir play at the same time. Mm. We really can bring everybody in the city under this tent and mm. feel like they're really at home. Mm. And I think today that's such an important thing to happen. Oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, we're going to come back and talk with you. We do have to take a pause. So we're going to uh, take this break, but we will be right back on Element FM and Moment of Truth after this. And you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. In Ottawa at 95.7 and in Toronto at 106.5, anywhere across Canada on the Radio Canada app. 
And this is Moment of Truth on Element FM, and I'm your host, David Moses. Our guest today is Clyde Wagner, and I almost wanted to say Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. Yeah. Uh, and he is the uh, CEO uh, and president of uh, Toronto Live. And we're just talking about uh, what that encompasses for him and the city of Toronto. Uh, they do 700 shows a year. And, you know... It's wonderful to hear that it is is thriving and 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 expanding. Just before the break, you were talking about the the variety of shows that you bring in and how there's something that you're bringing in for everyone, and and so an audience can be satisfied. Do you know much about the the other side of this, which you're supporting, and that is the artist. You're supporting the artist. Absolutely. I mean, with the. It, it, Listen, there has to be a place. We talk a lot about the two sides of our business, both mm-hmm. the audience mm-hmm. and then the business side mm-hmm. of it. And we are, because in our in our palette of what we can work with, we have uh, the Sony Center, which is the largest soft seater in Canada that's not an arena. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the mecca of going to <laughs> the arts. You know, mm-hmm. like this is the largest space. And then also we have a 150-seat studio theater up at the Toronto Centre for the Arts. So we mm. have everything start to finish for an right. artist to grow their career. And it's really important that we put uh, local and Canadian and national artists on a platform that people can see and that we nurture them throughout the entire process. Mm. Without these spaces and without the support of these spaces, really it wouldn't happen that way. And I think it's really important. You know, it's critical to what we're doing. So when I when I think of that, I think you know when you have this variety of artists coming in, uh, bringing this this collage of people from around the world, yep. uh, it also gives them a chance to interact with each other. Absolutely. Well, yes, it does. And there is a we're you know in the journey of where we are because we've done this amalgamation over the past two years, even just a year and a half. So we're really fresh with mm. To Live. Uh, and we just, you know, re-announced a new name. We used to be called Civic Theaters Toronto, okay, which I thought yeah. was a little like, you know, <laughs> put everybody to sleep. But uh, TO Live, I think, is a little more fun. You know, I hope it is. I hope the public likes it. And uh, we announced a wonderful new partnership with Meridian Credit Union uh, to na- rename the Sony Center and mm-hmm. rename the Toronto Center for the Arts. And it's all about community for them, and it's all about community for us. It was a wonderful alignment. I think in that journey, we're starting to move towards – uh, more open buildings also, so sp- especially up at the Toronto Centre and downtown, we're talking a lot about where are public spaces, where are spaces mm. that work. So if you travel around the world and you see other arts organizations and arts and cultural complexes, their lobbies and their public spaces become workspaces. It's a place where mm. people sort of mash up together, yeah. where the public and the artists and the producers and everybody will be out there. They'll be grabbing a beer. They'll be doing work. They'll be having lunch. They'll have you know drawings laid out beside business mm. people who are bankers who came in because they like the you know a place yeah. to sit and have yeah. a good meal and yeah. hang out and and that kind of interaction that creative cultural mashup yeah. is really critical and we're that's in our horizon that's mm. in our five year plan to create that uh so that sounds like uh is, is that something based on European sort of setup uh, it's, I mean, I wouldn't, I think that they've done a very good job of it, but mm-hmm. I think you can see elements of this in all different cultures. I think you, you know, we, I think the European culture sort of definitely has like, here is the opera, here's the ballet, right. blah, 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 right. and they're very formalized structural <clears throat> spaces. 
you're seeing over time a movement to other other different areas and other cultures where it's not so structured that mm-hmm. way, where mm-hmm. everything and and that culture and life sort of goes hands in hand. So you know, it's nice to be a chaser to an article about a hockey mm-hmm. you know, announcement because. Uh, sports and art and culture; these are not things that that are separate. They are actually they have more in common, like mm. for like, than we than we actually talk about that much in Canada. And and I love the fact that you know I I my mother's from Buffalo. I grew up on hockey and mm. football. You know, mm. so I love the fact that I could go to a football game and I can go to the opera. Or I could go to contemporary dance or theater. I could go to a visual art exhibit. These are all all aspects of culture and life. And mm-hmm. I think we the more we encourage people to go across all of them, the richer our experience can be. It's, it's really important. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, a couple of things popped into mind. I was wondering busking, if busking has had sort of an effect on this, you know, because you see more and more of it. I, I think of Ottawa, you know, down by I think of my job half the time busking. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, uh, yeah, busking is, a, is literally bringing, yeah. uh, you have a, an artist yeah. and they're on the street yeah. and they're, they're seeing it's like, uh, you know, not to use a pop culture reference, but Justin Bieber playing mm. his guitar on mm. the street. And what, is, what do you learn from that? The artist learns direct feedback yeah. from an audience. Yeah. Sometimes it's it, people do it because they they want to get that experience, and as a performer, it's like uh, you know it's it's training. Mm. So you you try so you get very direct feedback, you know, when you're out there in front of people, and there's no barrier of a stage mm. or a curtain or anything. And mm. I think it's uh, it's also a really critical art form. I mean, we had a wonder. I think there's still a wonderful busker festival that happens in the city of Toronto, and they do a great job of it. You right. know. So. Yeah, you can see some some wonderful street performers, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, so tell me about what you guys have coming up. What what kind of shows have you got? We up? have a I, I have a, I have, the audience can't see this, but I actually have a huge <laughs> list of things in front of me. They're like, say this, this is coming. <laughs> um, we at the thing that's at the top of our mind, particularly for that's relevant, is we have hot brown honey coming in. <laughs> I, I, and I know you spoke to them uh, earlier, not that long I, ago. Yeah, so. and I got to see the show. <laughs> And it so what did you think? Oh well, um, it's, a great, <laughs> it's a great show. <laughs> it is. It's a fun, and you know, there's six indigenous women yeah. telling a great story, <laughs> and and it, they make it really, really fun. There is a little bit of a political angle to it. They have their there they is. have a voice. Uh, but it's all done in a way that uh, you should leave and you should really enjoy yourself for sure. And yeah. I'll tell you that uh, what was really very interesting is that uh, they they make you feel welcome as soon as you get to the door because they actually greet you. Yeah. You know, they, they welcome you in before the show even starts. You know, and that's, uh, you know, that's part of their charm. And I, I and we'll leave the rest uh, of the show as a surprise. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lots of surprises in that show. Yeah. For sure. That's on, uh, just if you don't mind me throwing out dates, yeah. it's on April 5th to 7th at the Blue Map Health Theater. Mm-hmm. So I hope people come out and see it because they are a wonderful, wonderful team of people. Yeah, you, can't, you can't go wrong. It's a fun show. You will you will uh, definitely enjoy yourself. There's no yeah. question. Yeah. Okay. A little, little you know, tongue in And it's great. It's indigenous and they are indigenous uh, from, from many parts of that uh, yeah. part of the world. So uh, it's great that, that they were able to pull this together. And I will tell you this: that what the the, the the tag they use, which I really liked, was "decolonize and moisturize." That's their <laughs> yes. Uh huh. So <laughs> they'll, they'll do both, right? In, in the theater. So there you go. Uh, it's going to be a wonderful show. 
Um, also coming up, we have a uh, and, and talk about again. This is the big tent idea, so we mm. have stuff coming from all over the place. We have Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Mm. This is a movie and live orchestra stuff that we wow. do. We've been doing this for a long time, and obviously, this is the fifth in that Harry Potter series. Mm. I love it because kids come and they're all dressed up and it's good for kids. It's good for people, adults, right. you know, I'm in my 40s. So like, right. I, I love it. And it's fun for the audiences and everything too. We have a wonderful dance company from Israel called Batsheva Dance. And mm. they are absolutely one of the top global leaders in contemporary dance. And uh, this is not the first time that they've been in Toronto, but they haven't been here for a couple of years. Uh, it's a new work by their uh, by their uh, one of their founders and their lead choreographer Ohad Naharin, and it is called Venezuela, and it's a really beautiful piece. It's probably the last piece that he'll be choreographing on the on on this company as their uh, mm. as, as their uh, executive director. So it's really an important piece. So I hope people come out and see mm. that too. Great, lots going on for sure at the at the. At the hall. Those okay. are just the ones that we're presenting. You know, when we were talking about economics yeah. and 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 return on investment yes. and how we run our business. Over eighty percent of what we do is rentals. Okay. So when we do a program, we do a program around a lot of other usage yep. and a lot of of other work. So we do rentals. We have partnerships, and then we do have our program. And, and I know of a direct that. one that is directly related to that because I've been there a couple of times for it. Uh, I was there just uh, less than um, two months ago uh, in the Toronto Centre. Um, it um, my daughter takes part in uh, Stagecoach. Oh yeah! So they bring over their their show. Uh, they bring over the team from from uh, from uh, Great Britain. Yep. And the kids that take part here, and they bring in all the all the, the the local areas together, and they put on that show. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. that's really great, and yeah. it's great that they're up at the Toronto Center for the Arts, and mm. we love them coming in. It's it's people like that. It's all of the teams that we work with. Uh, them, the Herald Green Juice Theater, as I mentioned before, Canadian Stage. Uh, music Toronto, mm. Toronto Operetta Theater. Mm. I, it's like yeah, we do all of that and Live Nation and AEG. Mm. And I mean, we we have a very big, robust uh, list of partners that we couldn't do what we do without. And we love the fact that they come into the house. Yeah. So the other thing, I don't know why, why this uh, is is popping into my mind, but I can't. I as you were talking and you were telling me about the you know everything that's involved with this and all the theaters and the live performance places and things i was going keeps you busy what are the logistics <laughs> of putting this together and getting everybody together i mean it's uh, i have a wonderful wonderful team of people you, I, there's no one person that ever gets these things yeah, done so sure. uh, we have a, a a great team at Toronto Live, that is an amalgamated team from a lot of people, some mm. new people too, but mm. a lot of the people who were in the sure. operations of the three companies that were mm. there before. We have a wonderful programming department, a, a wonderful development department, marketing, and and uh, you know there you have about eighty people that are full time employees there, and then we have a team of almost five hundred part time people between our amazing crew, our people in black that are in the yeah. stage yeah, that right, I right. call them, <laughs> and I love them. They're they're the people who really put the shows on because you a lot of people go to a show and they think oh the performers are so amazing and stuff. You're also applauding. Don't forget. All those people who are in the wings that you, you never see, see and right. without them, it's the like, show couldn't happen. You know, I always think of it as that uh, uh, iceberg effect. You know, you, you only get to see about ten percent of of. I mean, it's like it's like it's like a performance, uh, someone putting on a performance. 
They've ninety yeah. percent of that work went on before you ever got to see them, right? So it's Absolutely. the same with a, with a an actual physical performance of whether it's a theater performance or a musical performance or or dance performance. There's all this work that went in to get that to the point that you are be, being able to be in. in and seeing it and enjoying it. Absolutely. And you know, again, you couldn't do it without those people. We have a wonderful, and you know, we have a wonderful team of uh, unions that we work with as mm, well. Mm. Collective Agreement, IATSE is a, a yeah. big one, and, and I've been working with them for about 20 years in different aspects of wherever mm. I go in my career, and, and it's been really wonderful to work with those people, and they're, they're so skilled and so amazing. It's great. It's really fun. So what is your, how does your relationship work on a, a if it does at all, from a city to city uh, relationship in terms of things. So, for instance, I, that's a good question. We're there's a conference that's happening in Montreal in a couple of weeks called the Canadian Arts Summit, which mm. is run by a company called Business for the Arts. Mm. That conference brings together all the leaders of arts organizations across the country. And we have a chance to sit in a room and talk about how do we run our business uh, what are the pressures on the business uh, in this mm. climate? Uh, financial pressures, cultural pressures. How do we how do we deal with touring? How do we deal with putting on shows? What is the future of our industry? Where where does live performance go? Mm. Um, and so it's a it's a good time for us to get together. Also, you know, we you do it long enough, you know your your peers. You know, so mm. we know the the team sure. at Place des Arts and right. in Montreal. We yeah. know the team at the National Arts Center. We're uh, very close, which are all really good friends. You know, the people who are out in Winnipeg and and Vancouver, and sure. and it's great. Yeah. yeah, it's a good group of people. Okay, so now now let's expand on that. Let's okay. go even larger. Okay, international world of of your business is yeah. there. What's the relationship? How does that work? So I've I've had the great fortune of working uh, um, uh, all over the world, which is great. I've mm. uh, spent more than half my career in New York, as I said yeah. before, but I've also worked in Los Angeles and San Francisco and stuff. Not always in uh, the not-for-profit arts. Actually, mm-hmm. the first time I worked in the not-for-profit arts was when I was on the founding team of the Luminata Festival mm. here in mm-hmm. in the city of Toronto. Um, but I, I've worked, I worked for a big Broadway production company. I worked in the movie business. I worked for a fashion company, Louis Vuitton at Hennessy for many years as a creative director. So I've had a great chance to tra- travel around and work and you see your colleagues in a creative industry. It is absolutely like any, any industry We're you know, we're in a radio broadcast booth. This mm. is a global industry. You have radio that reaches across. There's no border. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm. could I probably pick this up in Buffalo if I mm. tuned in online and, and listened to mm. what we're saying. So we also are an international business. We have content that comes from all over the world. And the conversation for that gets us excited at TO Live is really how do we take uh, the content that we can create here? How are our artists in Toronto, in Canada, where do they fit in this global context? Mm. Where do they play uh, in the world? There are certain artists that we know in this not-for-profit art world. Robert Lepage is a good one. Mm. He's an international name. You mm. smile, you, you recognize okay. his name right away. The same, that recognition and would be work, there. Right? And his work. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it's beautiful work, right? For And controversial work at times. Yep. He, like everybody, can make mistakes, as, mm. as mm. Uh, yes, I'm sure everybody knows. Uh, and we'll have to have a conversation around that mm. work, right? Uh, but 
he's recognized internationally. He right. got to where he is yeah. by by the quality of his art. And it's and you know we could take a deep dive into that conversation if you sure. wanted to. <laughs> although I'll try to be as as politically correct as possible. But we're what we're trying to do is look and make sure that other artists in the country also get to that level and get an opportunity, have a chance to hit that platform. Yeah. So, for instance, and I'm not I'm not leaping to this uh, just to be culturally correct. I actually I, I look at artists and I look at their work first. Mm. So it doesn't matter what their background is. I'm mm. always looking at the core of their art. I had the great fortune of working with a wonderful artist named Jordan Bennett, uh, who I continue to work with. Uh, and he is a visual artist mm. uh, from Eastern Canada. And uh, we did a big show with him, not through T.O. Live, but mm. through uh, my other uh, work at Brookfield Place here in Toronto. Mm. That show is now moving to uh, Brookfield in New York and potentially up to the National Gallery. Right. The, there are... When you get an opportunity to work with an artist that you just know their talent is on that scale, mm. giving them a platform and the mm. more you can raise them up, that's right. that's incredibly exciting for people like me and people mm. in my industry. That's in many ways, that's what the core of what we do is about. Okay. Listen, we, uh, well, we're we almost at our break time. Why don't we just okay. take our break and we'll, we, we will be right back after this to speak uh, more with... Uh, Clyde Wagner, the president and CEO of uh, TO Live, right here on Element FM. And we are back on Moment of Truth and Element FM. You are listening in Toronto and Ottawa. In Ottawa at 95.7 and in Toronto at 106.5 or anywhere across the country on the Radio Canada app. Just download the Radio Canada app and type in 95.7 ELMNTFM or 106.5 ELMNTFM. And uh, you can listen anywhere across Canada on your device. And we are speaking with Clyde Wagner. He is the uh, president and CEO of Toronto Live. That includes the Sony Centre, the St. Lawrence Centre, and the Toronto Centre for the Arts, and uh, among other performance spaces. And uh, just before the break, we were talking about a couple of uh, things that that he's involved with. And uh, Clyde, do you just want to refresh our are, are with the artist you were just talking about. Please. I know it's. I hope if Jordan's listening, hopefully he's not too embarrassed that I'm. I'm. I'm gushing <laughs> about working with him. Uh, I have been working as a producer also in the visual arts for a long time, and and I have a deep love for mm. the visual arts. And so we're you know we have a wonderful partner here in Brookfield in the city of Toronto. Their their arts Brookfield is a wonderful. Uh, um, company and supporter of the arts and so we were looking for another artist to work with we go out you know it's kind of mm. a curatorial uh, vision and uh, a beautiful album was uh, we bought an album at home and I was looking at the cover and it was Jeremy Dutcher's album mm. and I was like who who did this who <laughs> created this work mm. and it was Jordan Bennett mm. and so we I you know, I Googled him. I think I a little bit stalked him. <laughs> and I was like, I tried to reach out to him. Like, I got to get contact with this person. Uh, and he just uh, came on board and we created this beautiful work for, right. for Brookfield in the city of Toronto. And now it's kind of on a little bit of a tour, which is great. Uh, so here, that's a great way of kind of finding uh, artists through uh, a network of people and uh, a friend's network. I think Jeremy yeah. and Jordan are, are, are friends. Right. And, and therefore, uh, it just sort of, happens you know and, it's, and he's, I, I, it's magic. He's, he's, he's an indigenous artist yes yes very much so yeah 
Uh, that's great. So that that leads me to another question, which um, I don't know if you want to uh, to delve down this path. This is the or moment not. of truth. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, politics, uh-huh. politics in this world, and how that plays out. You know, I, I was I was yeah. kind of surprised when you said, you know, it's really neat to find somebody you can support and go after. And I just I just thought. Is that an uncommon thing? Is that something that happens a lot in your line of work? You know, what are the what are the rules of engagement? Sort of, you know. Yeah, I mean, it, I think definitely it happens a lot. I mean, you have an opportunity to meet an enormous amount of talented people, um, talented artists that work in many different categories around the world. And um, because we're here, because it is Toronto Live, we obviously focus and want to curate. Mm. All, a, various voices from the city from the from the country um there is the process is relatively egalitarian um you you work with your colleagues you were asking about how do we talk to people in other cities and other places and you know generally artists it's unfor- you know, artists don't. I, people say, "I want to be a singer. I want to be a choreographer. Mm. I want to be a dancer." Mm. And I'm like, "Are you sure you don't want to be a lawyer or a doctor?" You know, like, <laughs> there's a whole, there's a lot easier way to go here. Um, there's no, there's no straightforward path for artists, and yeah. I think that that's that is both good and bad. I, I can't remember who was uh, who once said that you know art should be hard because lots of people want to be it, and there's a lot of bad art out there, mm. uh, and so. The path is rigorous. Uh, it, it's you, there's no clear way. We now have social media, which mm. is there, which wasn't there before. But the concept of of self promotion was always a part of this business. Um, as uh, from the curatorial side, you you have to take all of that into account. Mm. Uh, but you also look at a historical context behind the work itself. That that applies to any genre of the work that you're doing. And you look at skill set and you look at where it fits into a larger canon. And and some some talent does percolate up. Like some some talent just naturally uh, okay. explodes before you. Mm. I always say to people, if you want a good example of this, go to a, a massive art fair. Like mm. go to Art Basel in Miami or even here if you go to the Art, art Toronto, which mm. is a wonderful fair. Um, and you, you buy your ticket and you go in and it's the whole convention center and you're walking through and all you're seeing is art piece after art piece after art piece after art piece. And, and it, it, what it does is you just see some sheer volume yes. in a room. Sure. And I guarantee you after a little bit of time, it's only going to be certain things yep. that leap up at you yeah. and you'll know, like you'll instantly get it. You'll go that one. That yeah. one right there. Right. And that's part of it. And mm. then you ask the question, why that yeah. that piece? And where is it coming from? And mm-hmm. where what what is where does it fit within this larger context? But on a real gut level, that's part of it. Right. I mean, it does leap out. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Um Robert Lepage. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you said that, the the thing I thought about was Yeah, boy, did I open a door. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but but actually, he has done some absolutely wonderful things, yeah. and uh, creative, uh, out of the box uh, thinking uh, for his approaches. But uh, what I thought about was I was with my family in Quebec City for their 400 year anniversary, mm. and he had done this 
incredible incredible work there yes with the the projections Projections on on the the side of the buildings and the soundscape that just went right through the whole city absolutely Uh, it was quite something he's he's truly one of the great canadian artists of our time uh and not just canadian on a global level Mm. he changed the way people look at um at theater and theater arts Mm. um and i think he he's you know he is still at that level and mm-hmm. the people you know he's a leader mm-hmm. um and i think that's also why as a leader he's we can be critical mm-hmm. and so and people were in shock at at some choices sure. and some statements that he made um because you expect more mm-hmm. and when you are in a leadership position like that um Regardless of where, you know, I, I don't, obviously, I, I, well, not obviously, I don't agree with his choices mm. uh, on, on those projects. Having said that, um, regardless of how you feel about that, as when you are in that position, when you are uh, at sort of the top of the game in your country, there is a responsibility, I think. There's mm. a social responsibility mm. back. Mm. Uh, artists, non-artists. You know, whatever it doesn't matter. I think you you are speaking for a greater community. You're speaking for yourself as well. And I think that there uh, there was. I think people were shocked at just sort of a lack of um, uh, cultural sophistication from someone who is a cultural leader. Mm. I guess it, when you said that, what popped into my head was I remember hearing someone. I saw part of a performance at some point, which I was also surprised at, and and I questioned them on it, and they said, "Well, artistic freedom," and I kind of went, "Whoa!" But that doesn't stand up here to me, you know. And um, you know what I'm saying in that regard. I do, uh, but I also should say that I believe that there that the journey. We we also live in a world, especially in social media, Instagram, everything that we're doing. You just looked at your watch, so it made me think about that too. Everything is measured in seconds now. Mm. I remember, uh, mm. you know, when yeah. I started my career in 1993, there uh, there was no mm. mobile technology. <laughs> you know, mobile technology was like this big sort of thing. <laughs> and you know, there the internet was, uh, you know. It's, very early stages. I don't even think we had email. You know, we we didn't have email. We used fax machines. Mm. Like young people would not understand that we used to f- roll FedEx, <laughs> you know, <laughs> barrels of FedEx of documents to people. Go, Why would you do that now? Well, because you didn't, there was no other way to send documents mm-hmm. around. But what that generated for us was time. Mm. So you were in a decision-making process, even if you wanted to make an immediate decision, you had to, you had to right. pick up the phone. You yes. had to call. Yes. You had. There was a pause. Absolutely. There was an instantaneous pause. Yep. And what we lack now, uh, I think, is a, is that time for us to take a moment to go, wait a second here, well, let's think. I think we have the choice. We to... have the choice. Right. But I think pressure is to be fast. Yeah. So I think uh, artists who, like Robert, who have being made maybe wrong decisions he's on a journey and mm-hmm. i think he's openly said that he he wants to have a dialogue and he's doing mm-hmm. that and i think that's really important mm-hmm. and um embracing that dialogue 
even even if you think that again, I put him in this pedestal now, and I mm-hmm. said we have expectations of him. Mm-hmm. He's still a person. Right. He's still an artist right. on a journey, sure. having questions, and we have to be open to allow him to also grow, yes. to learn, to change, and to be a part of uh, a bigger community in that journey as well, because that could be part of his artistic process. Right, and and mm-hmm. you know. I think that that's important. He just happens to be on the international stage. (laughs) He just, and uh, and thus he got critical. He was, you know. He gets criticized for it. Yeah. Um, Now, listen, I want to ask you, in your time that you have been uh, involved with the arts in various positions, uh, well, I guess in, in terms of performances or things you've seen, what are some of the, some of the highlights over time that, that, that bring to mind when you go, wow. Wow, wow. Like Yeah, it's a little bit like that uh it's a little bit like the journey through the art fair for me. Uh <laughs> you know, cuz you do it long enough and you're there's I, I'm really? I'm embarrassed it, it, to say that there's less wow than there than mm, there is. Mm. Um I have because sometimes I have certain it things comes that, from from Places you wouldn't expect it. It, it. Absolutely. So I have things, people are like, what are you most proud of in your career? What mm-hmm. do you feel like you, you did stuff? And I have certain things that I feel uh, are are there. And they're, they're sort of, they're, they do come, some from expected things. Like I did, a, I was a senior producer at the Park Avenue Armory in New York for several years. I finished that run with a production of uh, Macbeth with Kenneth Branagh and mm. Alex Kingston in their wow. New York stage debut. And it was, uh, it, you know, we built a Scottish Heath in the middle of the armory. Wow. You walked in and it was like, a, and it, it had wow. Yeah. Like, and the yeah. New York Times gave it a rave review right. and it was sold out. And, and so you have experiences in your career on that mm-hmm. level, which are, are sure. incredible. Right. Uh, obviously, I love working with Jordan, and thus I talk about him all the time. Poor Jordan. Uh, <laughs> but I also have had an experience. One of the things that has stayed with me for many, many years. I was at the Luminato Festival, and when we were, uh, there's a wonderful woman who does education in the arts, which I'm a huge believer in. When I started at To Live, I took the budget of our education department and I raised it sixfold. Uh, and I did that on purpose because I think it's critical to our business. But uh, that also comes because I learned uh, as when I was on the team of Luminato that I worked with a woman named Jessica Dargo Kaplan, who's who's I think one of the best people in that area uh, in Canada. And she was doing a program in Regent Park. This is before the redevelopment of Regent Park. Mm-hmm. And through the festival, we worked with the the families who were living in the buildings and with some great artists, um, Dan Bergeron, uh, local Canadian artists. And they worked with them to understand that the buildings were not just buildings, that they were homes, there were places mm. of space, mm. and that people had identity built into them. Mm. And when you do that massive redevelopment and change, when you you literally move People, you take them right. out of their homes right. and have to move them around. That there is, it's not just a, a physical thing; it's an emotional thing right. too. And so we did a great program with them, and uh, with the uh, Regent Park Film uh, Society right. and uh, lots of different people. And that I think that journey and that process, uh, I I was incredibly proud of working with them mm-hmm. and working with uh, Jessica and. and and in, even in my small way, so that that stuff is what really stays with me. And I have a, I, I get 
it gives me the most back when we yeah. I can work with community. Great. Uh, Clyde, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. Uh, I really appreciate you coming in and sharing with us and, and telling us things about, that are coming up and uh, telling us some of the, the stories and uh, telling us about some artists that, that uh, are coming up as well that you're working with. Uh, we want to leave with an artist, uh, one that you mentioned, Jeremy Dutcher, a choice of yours. We want to awesome. end with his song uh, from his new album and uh, the Polaris Prize winner, of course. Absolutely. So uh, And Juno winner uh, just recently. So uh, we want to end with that. But I just want to say thanks. I hope you'll come back Thank again because I think there's more for us to talk about. Anytime. Just let me know. So, so it great. was a total and, pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for coming in. And thanks for listening. And uh, let's get to Jeremy Dutcher as we end the show right here on Element FM and Moment of Truth.